How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boy Alex today. So we're discussing Saquon Barkley. I know this is kind of a hot topic at the current juncture with the uh, franchise tag due March 11th, I believe, or March 5th even, in a couple days, and the NFL Combines this week. It's going to be really, really fun and exciting, but, you know, the Giants, the consensus right now is that they're not going to franchise tag Saquon Barkley. I think that's pretty much a given. Uh, Barkley does not want to be tagged. He wants a long-term extension. He wants guaranteed money, and the truth is that the Giants are contemplating that entire situation and saying to themselves, well, you know, do we want to give guaranteed money to a running back? Do we want to give guaranteed money to Saquon Barkley? And, you know, I think a lot of you would agree with me in saying that Barkley is not just a running back. He's a leader. He has lots of intangible traits that bring a lot of value to the Giants where, you know, the team has been falling apart at times and he's kept us in line. That You know, with Tommy DeVito starting last year and Saquon Barkley hyping him up and giving him some confidence. There's a lot of value that Saquon brings to a team that doesn't go um, into a contract, you would say. But the Giants are operating under a set of rules. And I think they follow, or at least my take on it, is they follow follow a set of algorithmic kind of rules that suggest not paying running backs because of uh, the injury risk and obviously the wear and tear. Saquon's going to be 27 next year. Eventually, he's going to start hitting a wall. I think most of us would agree he's lost a little bit of a step after all the injuries. He's not the Barkley that we got uh, back a couple of years ago. Was it 2018? I don't know. Five years ago? At this point, it feels like it was yesterday, but it's been such a pretty tough time being a Giants fan lately. But, you know, where can you allocate that money a bit further? Now, we know that the salary cap increased quite substantially a couple days ago when the NFL announced they were raising the cap to $255 million. Now, the estimated uh, cap space was about $242 to $245 million. So the Giants end up with $32 million, just a tad over $32 million in available salary space this offseason. So, of course... You know, agents and players will be adjusting their asking prices because of the increasing cap space. And Saquon Barkley now becomes a little bit more of a likelihood than before, but still not probable. Now, I think that the allocation of resources this offseason should go as follows. You look at the offensive line. Jermaine Illuminor, Mike Onwenu, there's some really decent talent. Uh, Robert Hunt. There's good players out there in free agency the Giants can allocate funds toward and plug some of those really vital offensive line positions that we so desperately need. You got Andrew Thomas locked down, so he's your starting left tackle, of course. John Michael Schmitz is your starting center. Left, right guard, and right tackle all up for grabs. Now, I'm okay giving Ben Bredesen a chance to win that job. I think he's actually a decent average. He's an average left guard. And I think the Giants are going to have to settle for some sort of average at some spots. It's not going to be as simple as uh, having above average guys at every single position because ultimately that has not been the case for the better part of a decade now. And I think that we can get a couple of linchpin pieces that will hold down the fort for the foreseeable future. Now, what that means, what that looks like really is I like Mike Onwenu. Um, versatility, has played guard, has played left, right guard, and right tackle. I think I've seen he wants to be a guard, but I don't know why he would. He gets more money being a tackle. He should probably want to sign tackle money. Um, you know, has had success last year, played the majority of his snaps at right tackle for the New England Patriots. And, you know, some people will say, well, Nate Solder, you know, well, you know, Patriots players don't transition that well. You know, I'll argue this. Nate Solder was a reactionary move from Dave Gettleman who missed that on Andrew Norwell. That was a move that said to us, yeah, like we couldn't get our top guy. We're going to go for the second best and give him a 
record contract because that's what Gettleman does. Um, he makes rash decisions, dumb decisions, and ends up putting us in a really bad spot financially for years to come. Fortunately, Joe Shane has cleaned up our salary space quite nicely. A lot of that money is gone. We're only paying a couple of contracts you know, that we had to push back. Obviously, the Gettleman deal for Leonard Williams, we had to restructure that multiple times just to open up a little bit of money to stay relatively competitive. Um, so we have to pay him $10 million in dead money this upcoming season. But the truth is, the Giants have a good opportunity right now to say to themselves, well, let's go and fix right tackle first and foremost. The two tackle spots are definitely the most important. So... If you fix right tackle with a free agent signing, you get you have your left tackle, you have your center, you move Evan Neal inside, you can work with your guards, you can work with the talent there. Maybe you spend a third round or a second round pick on an offensive guard, depending on if you have those picks, if they decide to trade up. There's a lot of rumors coming out right now. The Giants could be looking to move up to the first overall selection via the Chicago Bears. We, yeah, we don't know how real that is. We'll discuss it tomorrow, Anthony and I. Uh, the latest report suggesting that it could happen. You know, the third overall pick's always up for grabs um, as well with the New England Patriots. We'll see what they do but you know rumors are saying the Giants love Caleb Williams and if they have a chance to make a move and, and here's the argument I'll provide just just a quick little segue because I can't help myself as you guys know going down this rabbit hole but some people would say well we're mortgaging the future we're setting ourselves back four or five years by trading away multiple first round picks and getting a quarterback guys where are we setting ourselves back to you know, it, it, you're assuming we're going to take steps forward here. We're already one of the worst teams in football. You think we're going to get better over the next couple of years without our elite quarterback? I don't think so. Um, so, you know, you have to assume that the trend that we've been seeing over the last five, six seasons will stay true, that we're not going to get significantly better out of nowhere unless you get that primary uh, passer who's going to overturn the franchise and really put you in a good spot. We're not setting ourselves back. We're already back. You know, like, where are we going to go from here? We don't know unless we get a better quarterback. So that's the argument I would say for um, in favor of moving up to try to get a quarterback, especially one like a Caleb Williams. Not everyone loves Caleb Williams. I get that. Whatever quarterback you want, going to get the one that you prefer, um, obviously, could be franchise changing. CJ Stroud did it last year. We've seen these guys, you know, some people point to the Panthers. The Giants roster, by the way, is a lot better than the Panthers roster. It's not kind of twisted. Um, we got, you know, a, a linchpin left tackle, one of the best defenders in football, and a lot of young pieces. I want to see Wandale Robinson develop. You know, we got Bobby O'Karake. I want to retain Xavier McKinney. Um, there's so much to happen. That's almost going to happen over the next couple months here um, that will really redefine the direction this team is going long term. And with that being said, Saquon Barkley's role in that could be a, could be there. He could have a chance to to have a role here. So you know the maximum I'm willing to go is this, and we know he. It's all about guaranteed money. They could say we'll give you 13 million dollars per season base salary, but if the if the guaranteed money is not that much, it doesn't matter long term, right? So you have to estimate that ultimately. It's going to come down to the guarantees, and I can see the Giants giving him a three-year deal. If it were to work out, a three-year deal with an out after the second season, averaging $10 million per season. That's about as much as I think they'd be willing to go. You see what happened last year. The Giants ended up, or rather, the um, you know the Carolina Panthers spent $6 million per season on Miles Sanders. Doesn't work out at all. Of course, Sanders not as good as Saquon Barkley and not the leader he is by any means. Um, so I think, you know, a, a Three-year, $30 million deal with an out after the second season. Honestly, I think that might be the best he gets, maybe with some incentives built in. If he leads the league in rushing or if he, you know, cracks 15 touchdowns or if he, you know, they make a, a playoff game or he plays a certain amount of games, he gets incentives built into it. So maybe that's something the Giants could consider doing uh, to make him happy. But I don't think many teams are giving him top dollar right now. And because the cap is expanding, the Giants do have a little bit more room. But, you know, you could argue that, Take that $10 million in extra available money and put it into 
the offensive line. Go get a right tackle. Go bring back Xavier McKinney. Go sign a good CB2, right? You know, maybe the Giants want to go out and get, like, Sean Murphy Bunting, who's, uh, okay. Steven Nelson, Cheetah Bay Awuzier. There's plenty. The, the free agent class and quarterback uh, group is deep as it gets. So we love that, too. But, you know, I'll, I'll ask you this for you in the, in the YouTube comment section. You give me your take. Would you rather have a good CB2 that you signed to a couple-year contract, bring back Xavier McKinney, and sign a legitimate starting right tackle like Mike Onwenu or Jermaine Illuminor, or go on the route of taking or maybe letting Xavier McKinney walk, keeping Saquon, getting a good offensive lineman, and getting a good CB2? Or would you say, like, would you rather get a, a cheap knockoff CB2, um, keep Saquon, bring back McKinney, and then settle for a little bit of a cheaper option, like an Illuminor will probably be a little bit cheaper. He's 29 compared to Unwenu, uh, uh, who's 26. Um, and maybe go that route. Do you, really, it's like more so like, you know, puzzle puzzle pieces here. So you can always move on uh, or move the majority of the cap space for any of these players into the second season. But with that being said, the Giants will have cap space next year for sure. But if they end up moving up in the draft and getting a quarterback or even staying put and getting a quarterback, you never know, um, they can cut Daniel Jones and open up a maximum of $30 million next offseason, and they can restructure the contracts of Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence um, and open up a maximum of $25 million. So, you know, think about it this way. If the Giants restructure those contracts this offseason and they can maximize, let's say next offseason, we'll, we'll, we'll count all that cap space to next year, uh, they can open up a, a maximum of like 25 30 $55 million plus additional salary they're already going to have of players expiring. You, you know, you're talking about $70 plus million, my friends. That's before draft picks or, you know, signing players. So, you know, the, the, the idea here is, the Giants can supplement the loss of first-round picks if they end up trading up with the salary they're going to open up from Daniel Jones's contract long-term, and you're not paying a first-round pick. So $6 million plus $30 million, you know, you do the math, almost $40 million that you have opened up. You can supplement a first-round pick or two with that type of money. Uh, theoretically speaking, I'm kind of using that as a hypothetical, but I think it makes sense if you look at the logic behind it. Um, you can sign uh, C.D. Lamb. You can sign Justin Jefferson for five seasons plus another piece at, like, seven, eight million dollars for the cost for what you're going to save uh, by cutting Daniel Jones and restructuring those contracts. Sounds like a pretty decent deal if you ask me. I think the Giants know this, though. It's going to be about maximizing that window and picking the right player. They need to be careful. Uh, Saquon could be a really nice piece to have in this offense for a rookie quarterback. And I think that's an equation I'd like to throw out there. If you're going to go out and get a quarterback like Caleb Williams or a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels, Think about the impact a player like Saquon can have on a quarterback like that. Take some pressure off of him, give him confidence, give him an outlet, um, be a guy that knows New York and introduce him to the right circles, the right people, the right situations. Don't let him go down that bad path that some players tend to go down. Um, Saquon's really good in that, you know, kind of a family man. He, he has a lot of family here. You love him for those reasons. Uh, kind of keeps everybody in line and keeps them all, you know, doing the right thing. I think that kind of like a security guard in a way. Um, you know, I like that about him as a leader. So maybe you bring him back for that reason. McKinney's another guy that, I mean, aside from the ATV accident, he's not doing anything crazy, not going clubbing like crazy. You know, I, I think that these guys have a pretty pretty good heads on their shoulders for the most part, so I do respect them for that. Uh, but a young quarterback like Caleb Williams coming from L.A., you know, that's a, you know, you never know. Those guys sometimes can be hard to manage, and, you know, he has pictures on the wall of himself. He's definitely a little bit egotistical, but to be a great quarterback, you kind of have to be. Um, so I don't really hold it against him too much, but... 
looking at the long term, Saquon's benefits to this team are palpable. You know, you look at the on the field production, you look at the tangible, intangible traits as a leader. Uh, he certainly is a good person to have on any club. And I think the Giants would be smart to consider retaining him. However, if it means sacrificing a position like investing in the offensive line or bringing back McKinney, maybe you don't. So always happy to hear your thoughts below in the YouTube comments section. As always, my friends, make sure to like and subscribe. We'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode. 